Open both of them. Wow. Good job, I'm getting some gummy bears. Gummy bear for your age stupidity. Stupid Dex. Oh my god. Speaking of stupid, hi, welcome back to the Bard Sexuals, a podcast with no limits and it's all about D&D. I know I fucked that up. Go fuck yourself. How you doing today? I mean, I do have limits. That's why the fucking, you know, safety word exists. Mine is... Mine is Gorgonzola. You know what? Gorgonzola sounds a lot like Gorgons. I know, right? A little Medusa fantasy there? Maybe. Hmm. I mean, like... It's, it's like the age-old, uh, I think it was like a Twitter post or something like that, once said, me staring at Medusa's tits. Medusa, hey, my eyes are up here. Me, not tricking me, all bitch. Right, yeah, not tricking me. Already rock hard. Ah, got her. I, I, I really do wonder, like, you know, I understand the mythology behind it, right? Wonderful little research piece there for you. If you don't know the mythology behind the story of Medusa... All like fucking three different versions of the story. Yeah. Um, ooh, a little miniatures. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget. I always forget that I have miniatures in this dice box. But seriously though, do you think she was a, a, a self pleasure or, you know, maybe she rubbed up on some of those statues? I'm sure she had to get lonely. Right. Yeah. I mean. I mean. I mean, if the statues are already hard enough. And one of them just I mean, happened talking, to have its fingers talking. extended in just the right position. Right. Or, or, even better, spears, swords, sheaths, bows, maybe the edge of a shield, mm. maybe a good old uh, Macedonian-style helmet, oh. if you will, and you might. I would. I mean... I, not really, but... I don't have the proper equipment to enjoy that, or do I? Oh, yeah, yeah. So what are we talking about today? Excellent question. I figured today we'd probably do kind of what we discussed last time, and not on the episode, of course, but just, you know, did, those aren't edible dice, you know? I mean, I've got some pretty nice colors here. I've got some purple ones, some pink ones. That's a big blue one. The yeah, I got some. I got two big blue D20s just like my balls when I piss my girlfriend off. <laughs> but, alright, so time out. It's just we're goofy fucks anyway, right? Right. How awkward would it be if you just have a dickhead DM and they're like, roll for initiative and you go. You do realize now I am going to be missing the D&D group that I do attend and now I really wish I could be there just so I could do just that. Just shove the D20 into my mouth and spit it out to roll it. Oh, he's going for the, the double whammy. 17 and an 8. This may be a new way to fucking roll. Because the last one was an 18. So, I mean, fuck you, by the way. Uh-huh. So we got roughly about two hours of distance between us. Mm-hmm. Get on the old tiki talkie. The clock app. Yeah, the clock app. And I'm like, ah, Silas has sent me something. And I click on it. That is a really twisted, fucked up idea. And the twisted, fucked up idea, for those of you who have not seen the TikTok or can't see what the fuck I'm talking about. Guy was talking about Gelatinous Cube being played out in a dungeon. His buddy was like, right, 
Except for the dungeon is the gelatinous cube. That's fucking twisted. That's almost as twisted as the dude who had the whose daughter had the idea to breed baby mimics and tip her arrows with them. I had completely forgotten all about the baby mimics part, but that gelatinous cube, though, because yeah. I mean, the guy was right. How often do your players actually? Try to touch the walls or anything like that. How much? How do they act? Often do they actually investigate one, their environment? One campaign, one campaign I've ever played was one campaign, and I was the DM, mm -hmm. and it was my buddy Heathen. He was like, "I'm gonna start pushing on the wall to see if there's like a switch or a latch or a fucking." So yeah, I mean, he, he's 100. And literally, all I could think of was the Wreck It Ralph thing of like, "Thanks, Satan." <laughs> cue up, cue up, cue up Jack Black with Satan from Tenacious D. First of all, just want to let you know, I'm a huge fan. Well, thank you. Uh, so, why don't we segue that into interesting hooks and cursed ideas as a DM? I like this. I think so, we really roll with that. Not trying to make a pun out of it. Yeah, so... <laughs> Even though I totally just did. Alright, cool. Alright, so let's just roll with it, shall we? God damn it! Did you just yeet a yeet it a fucking wait 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 wait? Mm, what were you rolling for? I don't know what what it land on. You rolled on a six. Six. Is that a human tooth in there? The, it's supposed to be it's a, a skull. tiny skull. Tiny skull. It looks like a human tooth. <laughs> All right, my dude got stuck. You, <laughs> you got stuck in my guy. All right, so cursed ideas and interesting hooks. So I was reading. Uh, probably last week when you were here, ball, uh, boss ideas, big bad BBEG ideas that aren't really well played, right? Right. We had one, the Clockwork Soldiers. Yeah. That was a really good one because the BBEG is essentially a clockwork windup who every so often to recover his health points, he has to get in an area where he can crank that old cranky tank all around, right? Yeah, gotta yank his crank. Yeah, yank his crank. Crank, Anch Crank Anch Anchors. Remember that show? Crank Anchors? Am I the only one? Probably, unfortunately. Come on, dude. Comedy Central. I Comedy Central, probably when we were in high school. They were like the Muppets, but evil, and they made all the crank calls. It's called Crank Anchors. All right, fuck it. I, I, I'm from a different timeline. Don't worry about yeah, it. I remember you You got about 10 years on me. Oh, fuck you. I don't mean that in a bad way. But I mean, only if you want to. <laughs> oh, hey. yeah. But speaking of hooks, uh, anyway, so about the the uh, clockwork. Yeah. So in D and D lore, they would technically probably be considered war forges. Mm -hmm. And what brought that up was the cursed part of that was was could you imagine war forged Furby? I had just taken this out of my phone and written it into my book of dumb ideas. Uh, I don't even think it's a bad idea. I, I, I actually, I absolutely love the idea of a Warforged variant that is simply a Furby. I mean, I can even, I can even launch you a backstory on it right now. Go ahead. Right now. Hit me. Alright. Not too hard. Not too hard? Okay. Remember, my I'll, safe I'll, words I'll Gorgonzola. I'll ease it in. I'll ease it in for the first time. Remember, my safe words Gorgonzola. Alright, so how about we have a spellcaster of some sort Something along the lines. Let's take a little bit of Pinocchio with the Geppetto. Mm -hmm. Right? He's a toy maker. He wants to bring joy 
yada yada. Kid dies. He comes up. He was working on a project for the kid. A toy for his own kid. Kid dies. He pours so much of his emotion and time and being magically gifted creates this Furby style Warforged. But you're talking about trapping a soul in a machine, which no matter what sci-fi genre you do, never goes over fucking well. Right. And you have an overprotected magic user that's essentially lost his mind because his child is trapped inside the machine and the machine is controlling the child, but the child's soul is becoming more dark and tainted and everything around it becomes that way. That would make it excellent. Not just like a backstory, but like an excellent like little side quest. Uh-huh. Like the, the townspeople used to love this, this great toy maker within their village. Yeah. And something is going on, but he hasn't been seen in several days, and they want you to go investigate a checkup on him. Yeah. And when you come up to him, everything seems fine, except for you have an eerie... You hear the little... I don't know. Better yet, it's, it's like other sorts of... of scary stories. It's sort of like other little enemies along the way. So you, you've heard of Furby taxidermies, right? Furby taxidermies? No. Enlightened. I, I, I highly suggest Give you... Gift me with the knowledge of I, this. I, I So there are these people uh-huh. who... I'm going to pull up, pull up a few uh, reference images now because I used to have a whole folder full of them. Oh, a, a whole folder. Yeah. Um, I keep folders of things like, I don't know, a Hego Girls and E-Girls choking on cock, but, I mean... Uh, uh, is this better? Like, um, well, you're about to see. For those of you listening at home, I highly suggest you look it up as well. I highly suggest you never let your kids around when I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, but like I said, I used to have a whole folder of it. Uh, I used to flirt with a girl by sending her these, and she sent them back. So, I mean... That's a... That, you know what? I'm, I'm here for it. That's uh, but he, here's an example... Oh dear fluffy fucking god. So these are like the the different sort of other little Furby automatons that the right. kid oh soul is, is created and uh, are controlling, trying to hinder the party. Is that a fucking centipede Furby? <laughs> Jesus. I've got one that's my absolute favorite that I actually Satan have to is dig. proud. I actually have to dig it out of my, uh, my uh, folder. Let me find it. Yeah, I've got more uh, are saved on my phone. So, like, there's that first one I showed you. Yeah, that's... And then... That one's that one's actually... A, this one's my favorite. Is it pork and beans? Yeah, it's literally just beans made no. into a Furby. Nope. Nope. So that one should definitely be added that's, in. That, that, fault, that should be a subcategory under gelatinous cube. Ooh. What if the dungeon was made of beans? Too far. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> Just, just because you can doesn't. You know, Jurassic Park just came out with another movie. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Oh, there's also this one, which is my pers- one of my personal favorites. Is that Woody from Toy Story, except for is a fucking Furby head? He almost looks like Wally, bro. I know, right? Wally. Wally, but which leads me into another thing that's underutilized. Yeah. The whole idea of the cowboy in D and D. This is more of a shout out to some random person that I remember seeing doing a TikTok on it who made like a whole yeah like uh, class around or a subclass surrounding it using So that's uh, actually so that's actually caught on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've seen a couple of people doing it. Um, I actually saved a couple of images the other day. A guy had done basically the concept art of mages that wield firearms. Yeah, and I, I know there's and somebody. I think I think we've come into kind of a genre with Dungeons and Dragons of. <clears throat> Because the game is designed to be so inclusive. You know, we did that last podcast about play it a little loose, be a little more out of the box and open. Yeah. Steampunk lore and steampunk fantasy fall directly into the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. I yeah. Mean, if you think about it. I mean Especially with like the Warforges and stuff like that when they brought in Eberron back into D D. Yep. So why are we not now, I'm not saying every character gets a firearm. I'm thinking in order to have a party that has access to firearms, you have to have a cleric accompanied by an artificer mm-hmm. and someone who's rather decent, maybe of the dwarf or, dare I say, goblin race who's rather good at metallurgy. Maybe, you know, this is a concept that societies societies advance to a point and fall into a point and risen and fall and risen and fall into a point where firearms are incredibly hard to come by, but they're devastating if you have one. And you know how to use it. And I mean, be, f- be free and loose with it. It could be as simple as something as like a pike and shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally don't have something like that in that homebrew oh, no, campaign. I'm never, working on. Ever. No, wouldn't I would never dare. Surely put not in, something we've been batting around for the past year. I know. I totally didn't throw in an Obra's pistol in there somewhere. No, no, never at all. Well, who would do such a thing? All right, so <clears throat> back to interesting concepts, mechanics, kind of hook ideas, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's get off the Furby topic. Yeah, please. <laughs> There's only so much of Furby's. So I this is a really good one that I saw the other day. The boss, the BBEG, is a swarm of insects, nanomachines, magic particles, or something else similar. It has a large pool of total hit points representing the amount of mass it has, although this mass can be split over multiple bodies. At the top of the initiative round, the swarm can split into smaller bodies or fuse with adjacent bodies to form larger bodies. I've always been a fan of the hive mind concept. Right. I, I kind of like this beat. This, this and I, I think idea. I think let's take it a step further. The BBEG is nothing more, and I'm going to tap Marvel. Please don't come after me and sue me. Loki's scepter. The stone. Mm-hmm. The stone led to Ultron, if you've seen the movies, right? I have not. Okay, well. I know, I'm going to really trigger so, a few nerds out there, but I... No, it's good. <laughs> but your BBEG is nothing more than a soul stone. Yeah. That, at one point in time was an entrapment stone, a soul stone entrapment stone, for XYZ, you decide what the BBEG was before he ended up in a stone. Right. And he was put in the stone to remain harmless, but over a period of time, locked away in this dungeon, underground. Evil was so powerful that he learned how through the stone to emit his thoughts and everything else onto the things in the dungeon, creating a hive mind. And protecting himself. So the only way to truly beat it... Find the soul stone. Is you have to get through the drones to the stone. Mm-hmm. 
It's a concept. Oh. Hit me and with your best really shot there, Britney Spears. Throw it like a curveball for the players, though. Like, it's a, it is a soul stone, so it looks like crystalline form, right? Right. There's fucking geodes everywhere in the, the fucking cave he's in, where Ooh. the soul stone resides. That, that'd be a nice little curveball. So they gotta figure out which is the right one, whether it's through detect magic, but that only goes so far because it just detects magic. Um, so they could try, they would probably have to like cover their spellcaster by doing like some sort of like acting like he's like a radar dish or whatever. Yeah. And trying to pinpoint it. So, here's, here, so that, that you know, that caveats me into my next point. Mm-hmm. This was a really terrifying concept that's been around in scary movies, scary stories forever. Things that live inside of mirrors. He once had to fight a beholder in a mirror. So, take that concept, BBEG, like a, th- take Funhouse on steroids. Mm-hmm. In order to actually attack and cause damage, you have to smash the mirror to get him to come out. But he can retreat into the nearest reflective surface slash mirror mm-hmm. and recover hit points. So you keep your party scrambling, trying to smash, right? Mm-hmm. Curveball. You ready for the curveball? Because I think we're on the same wavelength because of the way you're smiling. Maybe. Their weapons are reflective surfaces. Oh, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking more of like the bow music is fucking Michael Jackson with Man in the Mirror. Uh, <laughs> that's more of what I was thinking about, but I oh, like I just where you're to, going with this. I just went to a whole new like rubble of Tom Fuckery, and I love it, but no, that that's more of what I was thinking so of. To, so, to, so to hook the players in on that, you know, you have a side quest. One of the items recovered, one of the items awarded is a super high-polished axe or weapon of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. That is truly reflective. And they get through and they smash all these surfaces and they're fighting, right? Whichever player has that weapon in their bag of holding, you damage their weapons. You leave them with no choice but to draw that one weapon. And when they go to use it... It looks like they killed the BBEG. The party's trying to recollect itself. Everybody's trying to figure out a rest schedule. Everybody's trying to da 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 da. Mm-hmm. He goes to put the he or she. They go to put the sword back in its sheath. Lo and behold, what's there? The BBEG. Evil. I like it. I, I'm a twisted Picasso. Motherfucker. I like it. Oh, there's one that I did not like. Mm-hmm. The boss gains resistance to a random damage type for one round every round. Keeps the party on their toes as if they weren't already... It needs to be diversified. Now, this isn't all the same BBEG. This is different ideas. Right. But could you imagine? It forces the party, right? Yeah. Forces the party to not be, as we talked about last week, classist. You have to have diversity in your party in your party mm-hmm. it's just like when we were battling those dragons and we had that girl who played the tiefling what if there was one because I know there's sometimes some creatures or whatever might have something where it's like alignment based mm-hmm. like resistances that well, might so be but then that, now that, the alternative of, yeah. so here's the alternative with that what if instead of a defense 
resistance to damage resistance, a random one, mm-hmm. they gain a random ability from the party. I like that. As disgusting as that sounds, I like it. So based off of the level of the party when they square off with the BBEG, I mean, you're talking, there's a huge difference between a level one cleric mm-hmm. and, what, level 40? The access to spells and everything else, and depending on what the player has equipped or what the player has been using, mm-hmm. depending on how the party's been reacting. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine having to square off against not only a BBEG, but a BBEG with the skills of the bard to lull everyone to sleep? Or better yet, how about the skills of a dragonborn at level 40? God. It's for one round. Yeah, just for one round. But You've only yeah. got to survive one round. And each round is a different fucking party Damn. member, and it, it's randomized. Yeah. Because most people would be lazy and go off of who was the last to attack. That's the one they take. Right. But as the DM, you know what the character sheets are. You know what their skill sets are. You hit them where it hurts. You have to make the party outthink you. Mm-hmm. And that's... The real BBEG was the friendships was the, we, we ruined did. along the way. Because <laughs> <laughs> how is D&D 1? It's being the first player to make the DM say, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, which, I remember, uh, I just thought of one. It's not, it, it's more of like a hook, if you will. Mm-hmm. I have it written down here. Yeah. But I remember reading this one a, a ways, ways ago. Based off of, like, a character or boss or NPC idea um, that I remember reading up on somewhere. But, or maybe it was just some sort of really cool art I found on Pinterest. I don't know. Uh, But, um, so the hook goes, uh, these traveling performing troops, uh, or troops of performers, are starting to become outlawed due to a highly skilled assassin hiding and moving from troop to troop. So... The assassin only targets that has different targets each time. Sometimes it's uh, the local um, local blacksmith who I don't know did some really shady deals, or it's the uh, if it's like a higher end sort of performing troop performing for a noble, it's one that, like a corrupt noble. Either way, that's who you're looking for. So they change talking- their appearance every time to go from troop to troop. And so, like, the party is tasked to trying to find this one by investigating the different performance troops that they come across. Right, so you're essentially... But but you can give the assassin their own sort of motive or if they're just killing indiscriminately. So I've got one that kind of... So I really like that because the fun part you can have about that is is you you can put your party into a moral dilemma, right? So if you, as a DM, you write this hook as... Every single person, right, that the assassin has killed, mm-hmm. upon the surface, looks like a random killing. Mm-hmm. But when you actually kind of thumb through the file there, if you will, they're taking out scumbags. So you have an assassin acting like the Punisher, mm-hmm. but has the skills of a bard. Yeah, so it's like a bard rogue multi-class. Thing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the party... If they do their due diligence, they discover who it is. Mm-hmm. But do you really want to remove just because you don't agree with the methodology? Doesn't mean he's not right. 
He or she, I apologize. Or, or, depending on how the DM wants to spin it, maybe this person's running from troop to troop because they don't want to be accused of the killings because they were all just accidents that are being made to look like they were So the kingdom is looking for a vigilante performer. And they hire a vigilante performer. <laughs> known as the party. Uh. Right. Okay. I mean, it plays. It definitely plays. Yeah, so I mean. that that's up to the DM's discretion how they want to roll it. Um, if they want to say, like, yeah, they're a vigilante. Taking out these, what seems to be random killings, but really turn out they're all connected somehow. It just turns out that this person has the well, dumbest luck ever. Yeah, or it could be exactly that and they were all just freak accidents and they didn't want to get their troop in trouble or they kept getting kicked out. That's fucking hilarious actually. I like that. Okay, so nod to um, huge nod. Are you, are you are you playing Civ again? No, I'm not actually. Oh, surprising. You'd be alright. You'd be fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So anyway, <laughs> so head nod to the good old Edgar Allan Poe for this idea. Pit in the pendulum. Ooh, right. Okay, I like now, how this is going already. You square off with the BBG, right? Right. When you come across this mother trucker, if you will, they only appear when the pendulum. Uh, this can be a metronome. This can be. A true axe of kind of pendulum is at its highest apex, and only when the PBEG is visible can he be done damage. So, question is, what do you think of that one? How truly evil is that? Because if you have magic users, mm-hmm. you have in play, sir, <laughs> you have in play a device of its own. If you go with the pit with the pendulum. Giant axe, whatever. Right. They can hurt the party. You have an invisible BBEG who is attacking the party. So you can use magic. You can try to use the environment. And you've kind of got a nice little double whammy there. Mm -hmm. And you also have to be mindful of where your character is standing. Well, so how do you feel about that one? It's, It's kind of like... What you were talking about earlier with Man in the Mirror. Yes, I'm, I'm referring to it by Michael Jackson. Okay. Uh, but it, it but it makes you have to think a little bit more in a couple different ways. Like, okay, how can we get to stop long enough to where we can hurt the, the BBEG? Yeah. At the same time, I'm guessing the locale is set up kind of like the pit in the pendulum. There's a pit around the area where you're yeah. standing. Okay. Um... So you have to... This would be one of those ones that'd be really good for the DMs who like having a battle map, like a map or something. Like my... like Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've been on a lot of groups that don't use them, uh, but it that, that would be a good one for that because you have to be really keeping in mind where you're standing so like you're either not going to get knocked off into the pit right, or get hit by the fucking swinging pendulum. Yeah, I mean, there's different ways to go with it. I think it's a great one that people should incorporate. Yeah. Even if you're not squaring off with the BBEG, maybe, just maybe, you uh, incorporate it in your campaign any way you see how. Maybe make the enemy something of the nature of uh, 
like a banshee or a necromancer or something of that, you know? Right. Something that would normally have the ability to disappear into the shadows or something of that nature, and you roll with it. High risk, high reward kind of thing. Yeah. I'm liking that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's something you should roll with. Now, <clears throat> cursed ideas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Cursed ideas. My favorite segment. Welcome to Dumb Ideas for your next campaign, where I, Silas, now joined by Tobrin, will give you dumb <laughs> ideas for your next campaign. Right. Starting with a magical multi-tool that produces a random tool each time you use it. Thanks, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> oh, Mystery Mouse Couture! <laughs> it's, a, it's a surprise tool that we'll get later. Okay, so let me let me add on to this, please. May I? Oh, absolutely. It is an efficient tool. So say you have to pick a lock. Mm-hmm. You would desire a lock pick. You get a sledgehammer. Yeah, so whatever it gives you, it will get the job done. <laughs> it will definitely get the job you done. You just might have to think a little harder on how to go about it. Yeah. It's efficient, but it doesn't always give you what you want. <laughs> Yeah, so like, you have to use the utmost secrecy. Here's a fucking sledgehammer. <laughs> it's like, you have to pick that door. Oh, it just pooped out a whole brick of C4 plastic explosive. Uh, so much for stealthy. <laughs> you know, at that point... It silenced C4. It's a quiet explosion. Look, at that point... I'm legit gonna try to draw as many bad guys as possible to my area, mm -hmm. and then breach the fucking door. <laughs> Speaking of uh, explosives, here's another one: an artificer who excels at making traps, but nothing else. So oh, therefore, no. all the items they make have a tendency to explode. Ooh, and it's a random chance each time. So like, you have to roll. To just like one check to make sure it doesn't blow up, then you can roll to use it. That's fucked up, man. I remember um, it didn't explode, but in the last time I was with the D and D group I was in, uh, they gave me a enlarge and shrink ray, even though I had no idea that's what it was at the time. Ooh. And I had to roll an intelligence check before using it just to make sure I had the switch set right. Oh, that's fucked up, man. I, I absolutely loved it. Okay, so here's I, I, I I shrunk an entire giant clockwork spider with it, and it became one of our party members' pets. What did you do? Carry it in a fucking cage, or I, I, uh, was it, it just, like a fucking clockwork spider fucking parrot? Apparently, because uh, apparently. Ah. Ah, 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 ah. Here's one for you. Not so cursed, but just kind of fun slash dumb. Mm-hmm. Party comes across the town. Town has no tavern. Instead, town has a tea shop. Well, here's the kicker. The characters have to roll a D8. Okay? Yeah, that's a 20. You fuck off, cunt. <laughs> Each player has to roll a D8. Okay? Yeah. Upon rolling the D8 determines what tea they get. Okay? Here's a new one with a two oh, thanks, bud. I couldn't find mine fast enough. So, like, I just rolled a four. Here, I'll do it again. 
Roll to four. Double four. Okay. Yeah. Dwarfish breakfast. Ooh. A dark, smoky, and strong black tea smells strongly of ginger and star anise. There's a 50% chance of growing a beard. <laughs> Roll one. All right. Let me see what you get. It's not exactly cursed. It's just a fun hook slash... Yeah, it'd just be a fun little side bit. Dumb shit. Yeah. But... Six. You rolled a six. Goodberry tea. Taste of vanilla, strawberry, and raspberries. A light, delicate fruit tea. One sip gives one health point, and there's enough for ten sips. So it's a complete, literal crapshoot mm-hmm. of what you're going to get. But, like I rolled an eight. Sylvan Grey. Rich and satisfying tea with a zesty, exhilarating, fresh scent aroma. <clears throat> this face steep allows you to face step. Ooh. But then you have, you know, you have the, there's the number two written down here is Sun Tree Gunpowder. This green tea is rolled into little pellets resembling gunpowder. Be careful if ca- caught directly on fire, they will explode. Okay. The Barbarian Blend. Nat one. Yeah. Strong, smoky, and unforgiving has the tiniest hint of sweet. You're filled with rage and cannot concentrate on spells. Which reminds me of a dumb idea I have here involving barbarians. If you roll a five. Oh, a five? This one's my personal. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Personal favorite called the Blue Blossom. It's a cursed tea. Your tongue turns permanently blue. Nothing drastic to the party exactly, but it's just enough to keep things interesting. Yeah. Because... If they purchase, right, so whatever they get, you set an amount. Like, I just rolled a two, so Sun Tree Gunpowder. Mm-hmm. You have a set amount to buy. So, like, each party member gets five, mm-hmm. right? You can share them with the party. So, like, when you rolled your six, the Goodberry Tea restores one health point. Each one's worth ten sips. Mm-hmm. Party member forgets. Party member suddenly has exploding pockets. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's just fun hooks to keep the game interesting. Interesting, yeah. But barbarians, yeah, dumb ideas just, involving barbarians. Um, actually, I've got two. They're on the same page. All right. Um, I'll start with this one. A barbarian who uh, successfully went through anger management and is desperately trying not to relapse. Next one involving barbarians. Yo. Uh, a barbarian who's actually extremely intelligent. They just can't communicate it. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. So every time they go to talk, they what, sound like a dog? We, we had a... I remember at a different party, we had a barbarian like that. Very high wisdom, just low intelligence. Um, and so his intelligence... His wisdom was high enough to where he understood perfectly what was going on. Could it, not articulate it to No, anyone. all he could say was his name, which was Dono. Dono. <laughs> yeah, all he could say was Dono. You can just say his name. Hold the door. And then going in that same vein, a wizard character who talks like a pro wrestler. Oh, yeah! I'm going to cast you with fireball. (laughs) I've I've got you in here for three minutes. That means three minutes of prep time. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Power word, kill. (laughs) Too far. (laughs) True resurrection. There's a line. There's a line. <laughs> Let's just scratch those out of the book right now. Just uh, uh, reminds me of a meme I saw the other day of Macho Man Randy Savage. And it was like, what if every time I snapped into a Slim Jim, I was just snapping into my own soul? 
Ooh. <laughs> Damn. Everything okay at home? <laughs> oh, here's another one with everything okay. Oh, I had another barbarian one. Because this is something that happened in a really very loosely uh, meet. Uh, like loose, like Godzilla's girlfriend loose? Like or? rule wise, yeah. Okay. Uh, excuse you. Uh, but it's a barbarian who can cast magic missile. Why the fuck are you letting a barbarian cast <laughs> magic anything? <laughs> the fuck, because my guy? I made a joke to the DM saying, hey, I want to try casting magic missile. He's like, fuck it. Okay, roll for it. You're a barbarian. You can't use magic. Nat 20. Well, you blew up the elf girl in her cart um, with one of the missiles. And, uh... <laughs> you sick, twisted, angry oh, motherfucker. Oh, it, it got worse, but I'm not going to go into that. That, nope. that could be saved for another episode of D&D Stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to mark that one off. Uh, how about this? A mage who denies that magic exists. So, like, an astronaut being a flat earther? Yes. It's just advanced science, according to the wizard. <laughs> it's just advanced science? And speaking of other types of bullshit, a fae or fairy who just cannot, for whatever reason, comprehend the concept of lying. Cannot comprehend. Oh, no. So, like, you know, they, they, no. they spend their whole lives perfecting the craft of deception just to lure you in, right? Mm-hmm. But he can, this fae cannot understand how you can just look at someone and say, oh, yeah, the sky is purple. No, it's not. How can you just tell them things that aren't true? This poor, poor... That makes it a terrible fake. (laughs) Oh, no. And then my final one for this this segment. Where is it? You know, we'll go with that one. Uh, An undead character who has no idea... They're dead. Yeah, that they're dead. Or they're just very heavily in denial. Heavily in denial. As body parts are falling off of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like like it's like a full-on skeletal character. Oh, yeah. It's just like, is this one of your fleshy jokes? You know I have a skin condition. To kick it even further down the line there, Mm -hmm. my guy, they literally pulled him out of his casket. (laughs) Every morning that he carries on his back. Yep. (laughs) I think I would, honestly, if that, I would probably kill my own party member if that member was a member of my party. Oh. I said I had a lot, that was the last one, but I've got one more. Because you're a fucking terrible at lying. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, but this this came to me. This was an idea I had for a long time. That came to me again uh, when you mentioned the uh, weapon during the Man in the Mirror fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is simply a rock. It's a small stone, if you will. A, a If you say pet rock, I'm going to punch you. No, no. It's worse than that. No, fuck you. It's a rock... That does nothing but scream anytime it's not being held by something. A rock with separation anxiety? Pretty much, yeah. It doesn't matter what's holding it. You can put it in your backpack, knapsack, bag of holding. It'll stop screaming because it's still being held by something. But if it's not being (coughs) held by something or it's just being sat on the ground or tossed or whatever, it just emits this blood-curdling shriek that just keeps going. So fuck you because you made my brain do work right there. Right? (laughs) An item... That has the previous owner trapped inside the item. 
but the previous owner inside the item never shuts the fuck up. I like it, especially if it's like a weapon that only it's he's trapped in a weapon that only wants to kill a specific type of enemy. There we have our DSD racism again. Uh, well, I was thinking more along the lines of something. Uh, so, not my idea. Kind of just piggybacking off one. The God of War. The mm-hmm. most recent release of God of War. Yeah. If you play through the campaign, one of the things you have to do for the Dwarf Brothers is look into the disappearance of one of their alchemist friends. Well, he's actually trapped inside of his ring. And he lives inside of the ring because he's trapped inside the ring. And he fucking does never shut the fuck up. And then uh, another alternative, if, if you want to go on that side of the house, instead of your friend, you're talking about your dead, your undead. Yeah. God of War, yet again, queuing that up because it's it's valid and I think it played would play well and for fun. Also, queue up Hellboy, Golden Army. Yeah. No. No. First Hellboy. Oh. Same thing. Mimir. Yeah. In God of War. Kratos cuts his head off and hangs him off of his belt. Right. And Mimir tells stories of the gods, the area. Incorporate that. Just like the Russian dude, fucking Grigori. Okay. Hellboy dug up. <laughs> talks crazy ass fucking shit in Russian. Yes. Like, what, so, just holding so to make it even back. so make it even more interesting. It's a so we talked about doing hooks. So like the un, or the undead character also does not speak common. Oh no! Dragon dragon speak and dragon speak only. No, so this is this is more <laughs> this is more fun, right? At least I think it's more fun. Side quest slash hook. Mm-hmm. The party that failed before you, right? Right. Were all beheaded and killed. Their heads were tossed in with their bodies and they were scattered across the kingdom. But they were cursed and you have to dig up all... So if you have five party members, you got to go dig up all five heads mm-hmm. to get the information to defeat the BBEG because otherwise you're never going to figure it out. Right. Trump card. None of them get along. Yeah, they constantly bicker and fucking argue. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it starts off with, like, the head saying, like, hey, it's like, party member A, hey, party member B, fuck you. <laughs> no, fuck you. <laughs> What's your name? Tony. Fuck you, Tony. Tony. What's your name? Ezekiel. Fuck, fuck you, you, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. That's a stupid-ass name. Yep. <laughs> See that fire over but there? They're, but they're all just disembodied heads. Yeah, and they're constantly bickering. That would be... But to make that to make the hook stick even further, right? Mm-hmm. Not only they're always bickering, they put the party at risk because when the party's trying to be stealthy or the party's trying to do something, the heads don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> and you have one that's hypercritical. Your footwork's wrong. Because for every party member you have, you put the head at time of death ten levels above where the party member is mm-hmm. currently. So they're essentially a master of their craft. And do nothing but bag on the party members, argue with each other, and critique everything. So if your fucking mage throws out a spell, because there's your other kicker. The party member that's deceased, alignment has to be carried by that alignment. Mm-hmm. So he goes to cast a spell. Not exactly the one I would have cast there, noob. <laughs> I think that would... I would have fun doing that. I, I would have fun with that one. That one... Just hypercritical, like your mother-in-law's in your back pocket. 
Don't, don't, don't write that down. I'm not writing anything. (laughs) Yet. Yeah, yet. And well, with that, thank you for joining us with another oh, episode sweet. of the Bard section. SCP Secret Laboratory. What the fuck are you doing? Are you browsing Steam right now? Yeah. I've been the whole episode. What have you been doing? Fuck all, apparently. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bard Sexuals. Hey guys, we appreciate you tuning in. It's just us being a couple of knuckleheads, but we would enjoy as many. Share us with your friends if you enjoy the podcast. Fucking we'll come up with an email address and you can send us ideas or things you want us to talk about. It's been a pleasure. I'm going to go play in the SCP Secret Laboratory for a while. Ta-ta! Don't take more than two pieces of candy. Get some more gummy bears. Mm. Yummy, 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 dummy, 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 dummy.